right. Welcome to another podcast edition of White Collar Crimes. I am your host, Ryan Horn. We are thrilled to have you aboard as always. And as always, it seems like every time I take to the air, we have bad or severe weather in our area, and it's no different as I'm broadcasting this to you now. Uh, Lots of severe storms, warnings in our area. The St. Louis area has been hammered with tornado warnings much of this afternoon and evening, so I don't know. It just seems like every time I take the air, we don't have nice weather in this area, and my wife and I will actually be in St. Louis tomorrow, but thankfully, weather's supposed to be a little bit nicer there tomorrow. But nonetheless, we are glad to have you aboard, and we're going to actually switch gears up a little bit on this episode today, tonight, depending on when you are listening. A lot of the ones we do are have a more serious tone to it because white-collar crime, unfortunately, is a sad event. You have, in most cases, people ripped off. They lose everything they have. They are victimized in so many ways. Crime in general is just generally not lighthearted or funny, except for a lot of times when you look at some of these dumbest criminal shows and things like that and some of these stories. Once in a while... There's some comic relief, if you will, with some of that, but the overwhelming majority of the time when we talk about crime, it, it's it's serious. But just wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit, have a little bit more of a fun, lighthearted episode here. And going back in time and going back into retro here, I that's one thing about Facebook and social media. It's got its ups and downs, and I think as time's going on now, we're starting to see some of the more negative impacts of it. But some of the cool things I think about it, and I follow a lot of retro pages on my uh, social media accounts, and I like to go back and look in time and, you know, from times when I was growing up and things like that. And I got an idea to kind of go back and look at some of the uh, scams that we, uh, if you're Gen X like I am, or if you're a boomer, for sure you remember these. If you're maybe on the barely end of what's considered a millennial, you might. Some of you younger folks, the Gen Z and and whatnot, you probably aren't familiar with this type of, if you could say, scams that were out then. But some of you might remember the comic book scams we used to get and look at all the, and there's tons of them now. They've kind of become nostalgia. And they advertised, promised outrageous things because they were targeting kids. And, you know, they figure kids will believe anything, right? And uh, some of the ones that I look back for, this episode on and was recalling one was the x-ray specs which what uh kid wouldn't want those it's obvious why you would especially try to target these to teenage boys because they're going to think they can see through the girls locker room or whatever on this so a lot of uh very excited young men probably ordered these and after about six to eight weeks what they got was actually a cheap pair of specs uh lenses with two little pieces of cardboard and a feather between them to kind of give a little bit of a blur and somewhat of a double vision and this was kind of give what you were looking at a little bit of the appearance of kind of like an x-ray photo in a sense and that was your x-ray specs they didn't promise you could actually see through the wall like superman could or anything like that that it looked like an x-ray photo so therefore you were uh, those were your x-ray specs you couldn't Look at your friend's arm if he got it hurt and tell if through there and see the bone like you could with a real x-ray machine. But that's what they sold it for. And like I said, I have no doubt a lot of young men probably bought these thinking they could spy on the girls' locker room or whatever. And they 
probably made a lot of money off that, whoever sold these. And uh, that was the promise that it came with. And I'm sure, again, no doubt, plenty probably fell for it. They were disappointed to find this out. And that happens a lot. We were talking about just last week the Commissar case where he sold the uh, awesome solar dryer, which come to find out was a clothesline, that scam. There were a lot of that going on then, and that's kind of what uh, inspired me to look into this episode. And one of the other ones they had, I can remember a couple of buddies of mine, I think we were probably in about sixth grade at the time, and they ordered the money-making machine, which was then exposing a lot of kids to counterfeiting. So some of the adult modern-day counterfeiters we have now may have cut their teeth in counterfeiting with this little machine that they bought off here. And uh, supposedly you could just print money. Uh, Never mind there was no warning that that's highly illegal and is a federal offense and could land you into a lot of trouble with the federal law. That uh, wasn't said. It kind of reminded me of that Beavis and Butthead episode where they were copying money at the Kinkos that they had and just figured then they had unlimited money and they were going around flashing it everywhere and trying to uh, buy things they normally couldn't afford. And again, what kid, when you're, I think when my friends bought this, we were probably in about fifth or sixth grade. You don't understand what counterfeiting is or counterfeiting laws or anything like that at that point. So that probably certainly will appeal to you and think, wow, I can uh, make money. I'll have money to buy whatever I want. So for X amount of dollars, whatever it was, you order that and got your money-making machine. And like I said, I had a couple of buddies that did buy one of these. I don't know what they did with it. If they ever, I have no doubt, probably the money didn't look anything near like real money, probably more like Monopoly money or something like that. But uh, had some friends that were actually, uh, did actually buy that. And another I saw, I don't remember this one personally, but I thought it was kind of funny, was the uh, Become Taller ads that they had. And, you know, when you're a kid who doesn't want to be taller, I ended up, I'm about six feet even, and it took me a little bit to grow. When I was a kid, I was a little bit shorter than most of my classmates. I kind of had a late spurt to catch up to a lot of them. But, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you certainly want to be a little bit taller, and uh, that appeals, I'm sure, to a lot of them as well. And some kids, I'm sure, did buy this only to find out all they got were a couple wedges that they put in their shoes just to kind of make them look taller a little bit. And that was it. No promise that it actually would physically make you grow taller, which I guess if they didn't claim that they physically made you grow taller, maybe that was enough to keep them uh, from being prosecuted or civilly sued that through their claims they didn't claim that I don't know but that was another one of these little comic book scams that were back then and another they had and I don't remember this one either but I thought it was also funny was the uh, frontier cabin and it turned out just to be cardboard that you can build and not too solid to hold up if you live somewhere like I do where it rains constantly or if you live in the northwest Seattle Portland area I'm sure this would not be a wise investment of any kind Kind of reminds me of that part in uh, the Dewey Cox movie where his young wife wants him to build a house out of candy, and he says, I can't, the sun will melt the candy, you know, the weather will take it down, something like that, and she's like, you know, well, it won't if it never rains again, and I don't know, maybe some places you probably wonder if it's ever going to rain, places that have been drought-stricken, but where I live most of the time, we've been hammered by rain, we did have a drought back in the fall, but most of the time, certainly this year, has been 
very rainy, so that would not have been good for kids to buy. You couldn't get a whole lot of enjoyment out of something like that where I live, and probably a lot of parts of the country you couldn't. And another thing device that they sold that kind of targeted kids was the hypno device. Preyed on kids that way the through the promise that this you could hypnotize people and control the situation. And, you know, again, reality, it rarely works. Hypnosis does not work. There's only a small percentage of people that can say it works. One way I'd always heard to tell is stand behind your buddy there with their back facing to you and tell them just to trust you and fall straight back and you will catch them. And if they do trust you and let you do that, they say that that person possibly might be able to be hypnotized but most people will turn around or hold their arm out catch their fall something like that not completely trusting they say those folks are harder to get hypnotized but in the reality it rarely works but again if you got the thing that this thing and their little techniques you probably think at that time when you're a little kid that you could maybe uh hypnotize your crush and get him or her to go out with you take care of bullies whatever but again it's a promise that in reality just was not working does not work and who can forget of course sea monkeys and I bet a lot of you fell for that little scam too and I can remember the comic book ads back in the day showed these little creatures almost looked like human like just kind of living in peace and harmony and all kinds of enchantment there under the sea and come to find out they were just basically freeze-dried shrimp slash crawfish and looked nothing at all like what the pictures you saw in the comic book but again when you're a little kid you think it'd be cool to have human like little creatures like that in your little fish bowl that you can live and watch or watch live in harmony and that but uh again nothing at all like that and just some glorified freeze-dried shrimp slash crawfish basically is what those were but not all these i think were intended scams as i said some of them did probably operate within the boundaries of the law like I said the the you know choose to become taller there or the you know become taller you just got a couple wedges and that was that and you know the hypno device that tells you that what you can do to hypnotize somebody whether or not that works I don't know now some of these I know uh, probably were legit even though if they may not have been all that effective or worked another one some of you might remember was uh the Charles Atlas fitness program, I was a 95-pound weakling, and then I became big and strong, and through this program, the bullies it initially kick sand in his face on the beach, and he gets strong on Charles Atlas program, goes back and beats the bully, and gets the girl, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that could happen, but I doubt everybody that bought Charles Atlas's fitness program in the comic books had that happen in real life. But I think it was well intended because I think the real life Charles Atlas did suffer some type of experience like that. So again, not all these were scams, I think, intended to deceive people, although the claims certainly were outrageous at the time. And uh, I'd also include some of them a lot of times would buy the hand buzzer. That There was nothing uh, that was really a scam about that. A buddy of mine named Wayne I had uh, in school when I was little, I would say probably about second third fourth grade he had a chocolate bar that was plastic it looked real and it would squirt water on somebody you could hold it up to their mouth and say you want to buy it and squirt you know when you're a kid that's really hilarious nothing deceptive about that and you you find the other stuff in there the fake vomit the fake uh you know other bodily functions that they had on there uh the whoopee cushions things like that just stuff that were intended in fun not to be taken too seriously that uh 
That I don't think they did. But what I think was different, there were people I know that were ripped off on some of these, some of the kids I knew, and the mistake they made, I know I knew some other kids that tried to buy, I think they might have tried to buy the money-making machine or something to that effect, and they sent cash. And this was one of the first things I think that taught a lot of us my age around this age group not to mail any type of payments with cash. Now, I know here in 2023, very few people are paying bills now by mail. I think there's maybe a couple that my wife and I pay by mail now, and that's about it. The overall majority of them, we pretty much just pay electronically. But back then, in the 80s and when these 70s, 80s, when these comic book scams and things like that were going that uh that's how you paid for a lot of things in and that taught a lot of people a lesson at that time i think it did make us very well aware not to send cash through the mail to pay for anything and that i think these type of scams did and like i said i had a couple buddies when i was a kid i I cannot remember again but i think it probably was the money making machine or something they ordered and they sent cash and they never got it they got ripped off and these scammers and predators made a lot of money doing that and as we always talk about on this podcast so many scams target the elderly this was different in a sense because these comic book scams targeted kids teenagers and younger and that's rare very few now that i see do that but at this time i think these scammers thought with the way things were at the time you certainly didn't have the technology they would i think much easier get caught doing these things now but back then when things were slower and paid by mail and this and that it was easy to do these kind of things and uh they did and unlike now where most scams target the elderly these targeted kids now we've not seen uh, many of these stories that any of these ones behind this got busted and got charged or anything like that it was just a different time i think people weren't as stressed or on guard against things like this uh so i don't know of any i'm i'm sure there could have been but i don't know of any big stories of anybody running these comic book scams ever got charged with anything criminally or if they did anything much come of it and serve a lot of years in prison or anything like that but you got to wonder, did that also sharpen their skills where these con men that put these things out could graduate to the real types of white-collar crimes that we cover on this podcast? Did this help sharpen and educate a lot of them to get to that point where they uh, got good learning how to scam kids early on, and then once they crafted that skill to the max, then they go on and target the elderly and, and adults in some little more high-risk, high-stake type crimes? Who knows? But... I look at it, that's very well possibly what could have happened. This was the early days of scamming and white-collar crime, or at least the early lead-in to the modern types that we know now. And things have changed. I think a lot of scams now we all see more than anything probably on social media. I know my Facebook ads and things like that, I'm bombarded with tons of different ads most of them i think that i've seen probably are legit but i do run into a lot that i can see are sketchy at best and uh you know you just have to keep an eye out on that now because just like you could be scammed trying to buy your money making machine from your archie comic book back in the day now you could be scammed by and flooded by our scam by these ads were constantly flooded with through social media and whatnot 
And in one way I think they can operate now is they don't have to have a brick and mortar store. When in the 70s and 80s when these comic book things were running, they at least had to have some type of even if it was just a PO box or something, they had to have some type of location. But now you can build the most fake phony premise in the world all out in the cyber world, cyberspace, and it not actually be anything remotely resembling a real store. That is much easier to do now than it was then. So Again, that's why these types of scams are easier to carry out now. But again, like I said, most of the ads we see now seem to target the elderly. And as we've talked about many times on here, this technology is making it easier. And they are certainly targeting them more than in this case, as we've seen overwhelmingly, I think these were targeted towards kids and teenagers. But still, are there any ideas out there maybe that are being uh, hatched to scam kids now? Who knows? Uh, we may see, since the Internet's certainly now become just an entire way of life, there may be criminals and con men and scammers that find a way to do something like these comic book ads and try to find a way to even rip off kids. Who knows? It's certainly within the realm of possibility. Now, I don't know what mediums will be exploited. We know page turners as they're called books and comic books they're not that popular at all with youth today so i don't know what realms these types of scams will be hatched or even operated in certainly will be in some type of the cyber world but that's something we are going to have to look out for and i think that is certainly a possibility down the road that it's not just going to be mainly the it still will probably be the majority of the elderly targeted for these but we will see Possibly uh, scams like this return to where they try to target kids and the younger folks out there. So definitely, uh, we've got to be out on the watch for that. And as I always say, watch out for your all your friends, especially your elderly friends, family. Those are the ones, as I always say, that are targeted. But watch out for your kids, too. There probably still are low-life bottom feeders that operated these back in the 70s and 80s that are still people like that still out there operating things like that now to rip your kid off so certainly stay in guard and be aware and uh, we do thank you for tuning in on this one hope you'll join us next week and we hope you'll uh, if you got an idea for a show certainly email me at ryanhornvt at gmail.com And please follow our Facebook page, White Collar Crimes. Follow us on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to us. We really appreciate that. Appreciate the good reviews. Please give us a five-star review so we can help draw more people in and expose these types of cases and crimes that just do not get the media coverage they should. And I also encourage you to, if you need voiceover work of any time, check out my website, ryan-horn.com. I... uh, like I said, have a, done some audio books this year. Have two getting ready to come out, so I will keep you posted. Those are due out at any time now. One's with Beacon Audio Books. The other is with Cherry Hills Publishing. So please keep an eye out for those. And also, uh, as I always say, please take the time to support your local pet shelter. Donate. Donate your time. Donate your money. Adopt if you're looking to adopt a cat or dog, whatever pet. Please make sure and check with your local pet shelter first. All of our pets, our dogs, and our cats are all from our local shelters. And that's we've been given so much joy in that that uh, 
It's just beyond description. But we certainly appreciate you continuing to tune in and help this podcast continue to go. If you want to be a guest on that show, again, I have a guest coming up soon to talk about white-collar crime as a deadly sin, greed, and that kind of sort of thing. And I've had several guests of different walks of life on this show. And also I've had guests give us ideas on this show by email. And I certainly am very appreciative of that and would encourage you to do so to help participate and make this our podcast because this is not my podcast it's yours you the listeners are the ones that make it happen and i'm certainly grateful for that but again we thank you for being here we look forward to you tuning in next tuesday when be the next podcast will be out god bless take care everybody stay safe and we will see you then